Welcome everyone to another episode of More Marketing Ideas with me, Fred Gillen, your host, where you will learn from industry experts based on their life's experiences and business processes. So let's get on with the show. In today's podcast, I'm going to be talking to Irina Geller. Irina is a health and weight loss expert. After 25 years battling her own demons with unhealthy eating, Irina finally made peace with food following a massive mind transformation. By shedding her mental weight, she also lost an incredible 50 kilos over a two-year period. Her expertise today is shaped by her personal journey heard with qualifications in biomedical science, nutrition, positive psychology, health and wellness coaching, and personal training. Arena specializes in helping smart, capable women, women with literally too much on their own plate, dissolve their struggle with emotional eating. By using a three-step science-proven program, Downsize Me, Irina inspires her clients to regain their personal power with new eating habits, self-care strategies, and a confident mindset. Before entering the health and wellness industry, Irina spent almost two decades in the fashion world. She was one of the first people to bring Playboy's trademark clothing line to Australia and was the founder of a globally successful women's brand, Lucky Thurnane. The message Irina now shares with passion, zest and empathy for people across Australia to our keynote speech, putting down your fork and picking up your life, as well as workshops and one-to-one mentoring sessions, is the key to sustainable change through the mind. Irina is well known as a health and weight loss expert in the industry and writes regular articles for Carousel and Inside Small Business. So Irina, um, I've just had a brief introduction, but um, is there mm-hmm. anything else that you'd like to share? Like perhaps, you know, like where you grew up, what got you into business, sure. what took you yeah. on this path? And, uh, and then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see where the conversation takes us. Of course. Um, well, I was actually born in Odessa, Ukraine. My parents brought my brother and I out here when I was 11 and he was one. I didn't speak any English um, and I all of a sudden became responsible for my brother and uh, responsible for our household because my parents went out and worked a couple of jobs, you know, to support us because we were just newcomers. And it was a very difficult time for me. Um, I felt very anxious, very alone, and I turned to food. That's when my binge eating started. Um, and, you know, and then that binge eating turned into bulimia when I was 17, sorry, anorexia when I was 17, and then I had bulimia for six years. So I've had um, every eating disorder um, you can imagine, and I've overcome them all. Now, when I say I've overcome them all, I manage them because eating disorders are not curable. It's not something you can just turn the tap off, but you manage it with your lifestyle. And so the life that I live now is um, a very healthy one, if I may say. I exercise regularly, like daily, because it's good for my mental health. I actually have ADHD, depersonalization disorder, and anxiety and depression in my family. So I got them all. Um, And I manage them all, some with medication, I have to say. And I'm very um, um, open-minded to people either doing it naturally or doing it um, with pharmacology because we all have different needs. We all have different, um, you know, anxiety can be, is on a spectrum, you know, like it's, it can be mild anxiety, it can be severe anxiety. I used to have 10 panic attacks a day. So if I didn't take 
medication for my anxiety, I would still continue to have those panic attacks. So that's what I mean. Like a lot of people stand up and are very um, anti-medication saying people should do it naturally. Well, people try to do it naturally, but sometimes you just need that intervention. So I'm sorry, I've gone off at a tangent a little bit, but that's kind of going to bring me into why I do what I do. Um, so I actually uh, did a biomedical degree when I finished school. I didn't know what to do with it. And my family were in fashion. And so I went into fashion and I spent um, 25 years in fashion. Um, and then I basically crashed and burnt. And um, I, you know, I always had an interest in the human body. And uh, I always ha had a fascination in human behavior, you know, why we do the things that we do. And um, so I mismanaged my energy and I wasn't um, looking after myself when I was in the fashion industry. And that's why I crashed and burnt. I didn't know anything about self-care. I wasn't interested in self-care. Um, I, you know, burnt the candle at both ends, had two kids, traveled the world, was very successful, but then lost it all. And so the reason I do what I do or the reason I've gone into health and wellness coaching is because I'm passionate about helping women like myself who where I used to be right when I didn't I was too busy to look after me but being too busy um, ended up in me having adrenal fatigue for you know six six months I lost six months of my life so what my focus is to help women who have come to the end of the road you know who have tried everything they've tried every diet they've um, and they still don't know how to make time for themselves right um, a lot of them are going into menopause or they're premenopause, and so their bodies are not working in the way that they used to. And that's freaking them out and it's making them feel quite helpless and hopeless. So what I do is I help them to take the control back, uh, build their self-confidence so they can actually make the changes that they want and um, change, build, build healthy habits so that weight loss becomes automatic. Oh, as a byproduct of those healthy habits. So, with your like, I assume you you have coaching sessions. So, are your coaching sessions virtual, or like as an online, or do you have Both. group meetings? Of so, you have physical meetings as well. Physical meetings as well. Not as many as what I used to, because most people these days want to work um, via Zoom, and that you know I have clients in Singapore, in Canada, so of course they're going to use Zoom. Um, but I do still have some clients that come in and do face to face. I do one-on-one -on -one mainly, not so much groups because so, I find with the type of work that I do that people respect, you know, they they want privacy. Yeah, no, I can understand that. Like you've you've got your physical and your virtual meetings. Are you finding mm -hmm. out that one is better than the other or not necessarily. both the same? Or? No, they're about the same. It really depends on the person that I'm working with on how um, how important the change is for them right, whether they're prepared to do the work that is required to make that change. Because it's not up to me to make the change for them, it's up to them, right? So it makes no difference whether we're face-to-face -face or Zoom. So with, with that in mind, like when you talk to somebody for the initial conversation and you're like you're pre-qualifying them, if, mm, if you will, mm, um, yeah. how do you actually ascertain whether they have got that momentum or that mindset that's going sure. to take them to the next level what what kind of conversation do you have to 
Well, I ask questions that. and I ask them, I, I rate them on a scale of one to 10. I ask them how important it is for them to make the changes that they want between one to 10. And so if they rate a score that's below seven, then they don't really qualify. It means they're not ready, right? And then I ask them how confident they are in making those changes, again, on a scale of one to 10. And again, if it's below seven, then they're probably not ready. Right, and we do that during the sessions as well. When we set, when they set goals, I ask them how important the goal is to them. Again, rating it on one scale of one to ten, and um, their confidence in achieving that goal. So, with um, lady, and you, you you're concentrating on ladies. I think you mentioned before. So, like that's women. my niche. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I have done um, males as well. Okay. Um, it's just a little bit different, I guess, and um, men tend to be not as open. Um, they don't really lay their cards out on the table, so it makes it a little bit more challenging, but I'm up for the challenge. You, you mentioned earlier that a, a lot, like you went through a lot of issues with, mm, you know, mm. uh, eating disorders and habits mm. and whatever else. So is that, a, like, is that a thing that you concentrated on or is it just anybody that wants to lose weight? Um, <laughs> my niche is people that um, are emotional eaters. So they, you know, they eat emotionally. They use food as their so-called drug. So some people come home, they drink alcohol. Other people go out and they take drugs. Some people smoke. These particular people use food to soothe themselves. So what they have learned is self-soothing techniques that do not involve food. And that is what I was missing. Now, that's a very simple way of putting it, of course, right? So basically, the program that I run, which is called Downsize, and it's a nutrition and coaching program we address the symptoms we don't treat the cause sorry the other way around <laughs> we treat the cause not the symptoms because the cause is you know it could the cause could be lots of different things yeah, emotional right yeah. it's emotional but the symptom is emotional eating right sorry i got that the wrong way around and what what i help them do is to build habits that they're motivated to continue and that fit into their lifestyle, right? So it's very individual, very specific. And if they continue practicing those habits, I'll give you an example. Say um, someone comes to me and they want to start eating healthy, right? Now, eating healthy can mean lots of different things. But let's just say they, make, they create a goal of I will eat, um, you know, healthy foods um, three times a day, seven days a week, or I will eat healthy meals, 21 out of the 22 meals that I eat weekly. And then they create an exercise goal. Now, I guarantee you they follow those two goals and they're successful for two or three months. Of course, they're going to lose weight. It's a given. So we don't focus on the weight loss. We focus on habits, on creating habits, rituals that that person is motivated to do every single day, certain number of times or certain number of times per week. Because when you think about it, just like I explained, um, when you do the behaviour, the result will happen. When you yeah. say to yourself, I want to lose 10 kilos, okay, so how are you going to lose that 10 kilos? Oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go on a diet. And what happens when the diet finishes? You put the weight back on. Because guess what? When you reduce your calories, your body is very clever and it yep. adjusts your metabolism for those calories that you've reduced. 
right? It's called homeostasis, right? And your body's very clever at that. So people go on these thousand calorie diets. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. They suffer for six weeks and then they can't wait to have a binge. I think that's probably one of the problems, like with, as you say, with any dieting, that it's, you know, like Mm. eat less, exercise more is probably the the, the common. Yeah, eat less, exercise more. Yeah, Yeah. great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But when somebody comes to you, like they're obviously looking for some results um, and expectations. So, yes. um, What's a reasonable expectation for somebody to get a result in time frame? Like, okay. Well, say um, the program that I run comes as a four week or an eight week program. Let's look at the eight-week program because that's the total program. So depending on how much you weigh, right, the results can vary. But say it's a person that weighs, for example, around 90 kilos. So in the eight weeks, if they follow, you know, their goals and if they follow the program, and it's not a diet, it's a nutritional suggestion, right? We also work out their body type. So if they follow all of that, they could probably expect to lose around eight to 10 kilos. But okay. what they will gain is self-confidence yep. and new habits. So we focus more on what they're going to gain rather than what they're going to lose. And then it's self-perpetuating. So it just keeps going. Yes. Like the so when they say to me, going. I want to lose 10 kilos, I say to them, why is that important to you? And when you lose those 10 kilos, how's your life going to change? Right. And what else is possible as a result of that change? So as a coach, I ask questions to get them to think and to come up with their own answers. I don't give them the answers, but every week we have, um, you know, certain um, coaching exercises that they go through with me during the coaching session. And that gets them to think. It gets them to think about what's possible because all the answers are inside of them already. They just need someone to help them bring it out. Yeah, and you need that outside motivation, don't you? You need a, like the accountability factor as well. Accountability is very important, yeah. yeah. When people are accountable to themselves, unfortunately, most of the time it doesn't last that long. When they're accountable to someone else, they usually get better results. Yeah, it's been proven by studies now. Hmm. And the motivation often, surprisingly enough, people believe they need motivation to get started, but the motivation often kicks in when they see some results. Yeah, it makes yeah, it, it, it helps I can them. Yeah. It makes them want to keep going because they think, "Oh, wow, I can do that." Because a lot of these people, um, feel helpless and hopeless because they've been on all these diets, right? They've lost weight, they've gained it back, maybe some more, and so that's been happening to them for the last thirty years. You can imagine how they must be feeling, right? Pretty down in the dumps and stuff. So do you find that a lot of people will actually like, again, you know, go through your course and, and then drop off and have to come back and redo it? Because it's like what you're saying, the yo-yo diets, you know, where they lose the weight and then they start eating yeah. again and whatever. To be honest with you, when they go through um, the program, they make a lot of changes up here in the mind. And so they don't need to come back. Sometimes they need a refresher. Some clients stay on and actually want to make other changes. I've had people that have stayed on for a year and not only changed their body and their mind, but they've, you know, that we've worked on their, like perhaps um, their ability to deal with stress or their daily productivity, lots of different stuff. They just want to keep going and bettering themselves. 
So, so it's interesting to say that because like what um, what I took from that was it's not just like teaching people how to eat less and exercise more. No, but you're actually, it's nothing you're actually to do getting, with that. Yeah, you're getting into their head and just changing yes. the mindset. So it's a, mi- yeah. Yeah, it's a mindset coaching as well that's going on as well. It's totally mindset coaching. And the thing is when people start to feel confident in their ability to do something, in their ability to achieve um, success, then that pours into other areas of their life. All of a sudden they think, oh, you know what, I can do this. Or I can go for that job that I've been wanting to go for, right? Or I can, you know, put a deposit on that house. Maybe they weren't feeling confident before. So confidence is a really beautiful thing because when you wake up feeling confident, the world is your oyster. When you wake up feeling hopeless and helpless, you just don't want to do anything. You don't want to attempt anything because you've lost your confidence in your ability to achieve. And that, like I said to you, that pours into all the other areas in your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember like when I was in corporate um, and I used to wear um, like suits and collars and ties going to meetings or whatever. If I was going into a meeting where I knew I had to actually, you know, be the, the power in the meeting, I would always wear a red tie. Now, whether yeah. that was psychological up here or not, I don't know. It is. But, it, yeah. but it worked for me, you know. It was like yeah. I'd go in and I, I knew I was going to control that meeting. Yeah. You know? I don't know if you, if anyone's been following the Johnny Depp and the Amber Heard um, court case, but the um, the lawyer or the whatever she is, um, the Spanish girl, uh, when she was interviewing Amber, she was wearing white, which represents light and purity, you know, which kind of... Um, um, goes against what Amber's wearing. Amber's wearing, you know, like power suits and, you know, and sort of, um, so it's really interesting how, yep. um, you know, all of that stuff pans out. And, um, how, you know, it, what I find fascinating is human behaviour and how we think and what we do and what we say. And that's just, that's something that gets me out of bed every morning because there's just and, so and, much to learn. And, and, like, I follow the same path because I, get, I do a lot of coaching, but on the tech side and not, not, yeah. not so much on the yeah. mindset side. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing. You've got to do a lot of listening to people and get their mind right. You know, I was totally. on, a call, on a call earlier today and the person, like, very, very much a novice in what, what he was doing. Mm. And mm. you've got to get back into that, their headspace as well. Of course. Which you've I suppose is the same to with you. Their level. Yeah. 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 Like you've, you've got you've a... different people doing different things and coming in at different levels. Totally. And I think that's where personal experience is really valuable because I know how they feel because I've been there, you see. Um, for someone that has never been fat or has never been, um, has never known what it's like to eat emotionally, it's very difficult to put themselves into other people's shoes who are doing that and understand how how someone can eat one minute and the next minute feel guilty and feel shame and feel, you know, remorse and talk really badly to themselves, calling themselves a pig and you're hopeless and you're helpless. And you'll never get this right. But I know what that feels like. And so I can meet them at that level. And to me, when that happens, whether it's on Zoom or face-to-face, it's a pretty special thing because we connect and they know that they are safe. They found a safe space where they can share with someone who is not going to judge them, someone who's been there and someone who's just there to help them. I suppose that's very important when you can actually relate to somebody on that level. Totally. 
and totally. you come you come right back to, to you know to talk yeah. to them in their own language. Yeah, basically. totally. I because I know what it feels like because there's a lot of commonality there. Like I know how it feels, you know, to have dysfunctional behavior. And all you want to do is you want to, you know, you just you're so sick of behaving that way, but yet you keep repeating that behavior, and it just makes you feel so down. You know, like it makes you feel like there's no hope. And I think hope is so important. I don't know if you've heard a proverb, it goes something like this. She who has health has hope and she who has hope has everything. Right? I haven't heard it before, but that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, It could be he yeah. Yeah. who has health has hope. Yeah. And we're not just talking about um, physical health. We're talking about mental health as well. But, and I think that's a very important topic because, like, I don't, like, personally, I don't see a difference because it's like, it's your health, but but it's the stigma that is still attached to I know. the mental health word. Oh, you know? totally, totally. Like somebody's got mental health problems. Well, what's the difference with having a broken leg? I know, and, and I know. having broken emotions. You know, it's because no people fear the unknown. A lot of people don't understand mental health. Yeah, they may have not had it in their family, and they fear it. Yeah, um, and that's why I talk about it quite a bit. Um, and I'm quite open about it because I think we need to talk about it. We need to have more conversations about all of this. Yeah, 100%. So that there isn't yeah. that stigma, right? Because um, once that stigma goes, then people can feel more comfortable. Yeah. And they can, um, you know, they can be more honest about their experiences rather than having to hide. And, um, and hopefully the suicide rates will go down, especially in males. God, I wish I could get men to talk, you know, like I'm oh, so passionate yeah. about men's mental health because it's killing them Yeah, yeah. At every and, age. And, and I mean, I, and obviously, like I, I fall into the same category because it's like uh, the last thing you do about thinking about anything is going to see the doctor, you know, whereas women, because they've been through childbirth and everything else, have regular visits to the, to the mm. doctors, but but men, me included, mm. um, you wait till you're basically on your deathbed before you go yeah, to yeah. see anyone, you know? Yeah, but you know what, Fred? If men just started off by talking to their wives and by telling them how they feel, I think that would be a big step in the right direction. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah like I'm fortunate. I've been married for 43 years, mm. right? So, good on you. And, and we're still good mates. Like if we go out, Fantastic. To, we go out somewhere, um, mm. we'll end up in a corner talking to each other, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. So it's, I so love it's that. Still, and, and it's usually that's they're the good times mm. because that's when you really mm. sit down. It's not just going around the house mm. and doing stuff. Mm. So it's good. You but connect. Yeah, no, you I, reconnect. I, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's very important to very let, important. let your feelings out for sure. Yeah, yeah and talk, yeah. tell your wife how you feel because then that's the first step before you go to the doctor because going perhaps going to the doctor is just that step that feels a little bit too big, you know, but opening up to your mates or to your partner or, you know, just opening up a little bit, releasing that pressure valve because a lot of men just walk around like they're about to burst. Yeah, and I, and I think, like, things are changing, but, like, and at a good rate as well, whereas yeah. now it's like, you know, are you okay, for example? Yeah, you know, that's yeah. a, a great um, thing. But, the, like, that's one day a year. Um, why isn't I know, it, exactly. Why isn't it every day a year? You why know? isn't it every day? I agree yeah. with you. Totally. Yeah, it's, um, exactly. It's, uh, why isn't it every day? Yeah. And um, I one of the questions I like to ask my family, my friends, is how are you feeling today? Instead of saying how are you? 
Because when you ask someone how you're feeling, it actually gets them to think about how they're feeling rather than, you know, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. Oh, and I'm good, thanks too. Like it's it's a closed conversation, oh, uh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. yeah, they're not going to tell you that they're feeling crap because they just don't yeah. want to. They don't want that to roll onto you, right? That's the, yeah, the issue as well. Perhaps if you ask them how they're feeling, it might just get them to say, "Not so great today," you know, rather than saying, "Oh, I'm good, thanks," which is like, you know, it's like a learned response. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, thanks. It's kind of like a learned response. And I think that's one of the benefits, like now with Zoom as well, because when mm. you get on a like, and, and it's happened, you know, to me mm. a couple of times mm. in the last couple of weeks. Whereas you get on a call with somebody, and you can see from their demeanor that things are mm. not normal. Yeah, totally. You know? So yeah. it's 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 a good thing, even though it was virtual, you could still mm. then get into the conversation and of course see if there's some way you can help. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Look, I just hope it keeps moving in that direction. Oh, it has and to. I'm, it has to. Yeah, it has to. I agree. Yeah. Rena, it's been great. Yeah. Um, oh, thank just, you. I suppose one of the questions that mm. um, people listening probably want to know is how do they get in mm. contact with you? Okay, well, I can give you my um, – they can get in touch with me either by um, emailing me or phoning me or going to my website and booking a free 30-minute coaching session where we get to know each other a little bit more. I ask them some questions. It doesn't cost them any money. It's no obligation, no strings attached. So I'm happy to send you those details. And you What's can the website them. address? Because the listeners probably yeah, sure. may it's not w- look at the case number. dot com.au. Nice and easy. Yeah, it is nice and easy. Yeah. Thank you so much, Fred. Thanks for your time on this lovely Friday morning. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Well, now it's time for a word from our sponsor. And right now, that's me, Fred Gillen, your host of More Marketing Ideas Podcast. Yes, just like you, I'm in business and I'm here to help. If you would like to have a free, no obligation consultation with me to see how I can work with you and your business to help you attract more clients, pre-qualify them and build your business and simply reach out to me on Facebook Messenger at m.me forward slash more marketing ideas. So it's that easy. Just reach out, let's get together, and uh, see what we can do to help grow your business. It's Greg Gillen at More Marketing Ideas Podcast. Take care and have a great day.